so it's just the two of us uh, for this little <laughs> snippet. Uh, I think because we are unique within CFC, we're the only ones who have been with a player and a DM, you and me. <laughs> um, and that's not just like Kay and uh, Amber, they have not DM'd at all, like even outside of Critfield Club. Yeah. Um, although they have both expressed interest in wanting to, which, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> we might eventually convince them to do it. We're the only ones in Critfield Club who have been ex- have experienced being both DMs and players, and they are completely, wildly different experiences. <laughs> Vastly. Just, not just in terms, like, I would argue that they're both very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But, th- but they're enjoyable for different reasons. Like, I find DMing an insane amount of work like (laughs) as a player i put a huge amount into my backstories and like thinking about my characters and what they're doing like i journal for my characters like you don't even want to know how much i have for vasha let alone any of the ones on this podcast fucking didn't do anything like that (laughs) (laughs) i'm so off the cuff as a player like i'm just like i have a backstory and maybe like a a stupid accent i'm like okay (laughs) let's go yeah and then meanwhile i can't do an accent to save my life like i literally had a picture of l woods taped to my computer <laughs> while we were doing uh I fracture that. oh god i remember that you did a good job with selwyn's voice though i always thought you did a really good job like yeah. it wasn't really an accent it's just like an affectation you know like yeah. just a little bit higher just a little bit ditzier yeah my problem is that like i as a DM, I have so many characters to remember, and the ADHD is real, guys. So mm. remembering what I've done for any character from any given thing, Fucking it's rip, not man. like your iconic Shemeshka, like, nah. Uh, Shemeshka. One day we'll talk about Shemeshka. I think I'll save that for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The story of how Shemeshka came to be is fascinating, and we'll get to that later. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, for me, being a DM... It speaks like obviously for those for all two of you who listen to the podcast and don't know, I'm a writer. Uh, I've written a book. I've written tons of fan fiction, probably three hundred, four hundred thousand plus words of fan fiction. Yeah, it's over truly a insane. Years. Uh, being a DM it exists at the intersection of like my love of writing and my passing interest in theater <laughs> that I had for like like eight weeks in middle school or high school. Oh God, I remember that. It was like I was not a good actor. I'm not, but I learned You're better just than me. enough. <laughs> well, that's not like that's not no offense. It's not saying. <laughs> No, that sounds mean. You're fine. You play your characters very well. But I had like two roles in like middle school and it it wasn't great. So like I said, being a DM exists at that intersection of acting and writing. And obviously I put a lot of emphasis on acting. um, Because I I have like at least almost six accents that I can do now. I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) And it's once you get the hang of creating a a campaign once you know how to do the bare bones of it 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 really it, it's it's very very enjoyable like watching the players stumble over huge plot reveals that you've been thinking of for months like months ago yeah i don't have any of those planned <laughs> months ago i'd thought about the shimeshka reveal in season one with Ariazis. Like I'd plotted it out with Kay and we were cackling about it for months. And we just, the, the, the cataclysmic, the catharsis of sitting on this thing for so long and then revealing it and watching your players gasp. I, 10 out of 10. Best feeling 
in the universe. It is so good. It's like, and when Ren, when Ren was revealed to be alive, that oh gas, God, yes, that will live in my soul forever. <laughs> yeah, better than any drug. Yeah, no, it's it's very heady. Like, um, I know more about Chaz than probably any so of the jealous. other players. <laughs> so fucking jealous. I'm not used to not knowing things about all the characters, <laughs> and it sucks. Well, and like, okay, so that's one of the things I struggle with as a DM is I like talking to my friends about my stories, and I like developing my stories with <laughs> oh, my friends yeah. and leaning on my friends' talents for writing. I can't do that when you're my player. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a spoiler. Like, I'll, I'll help you as much as I can. And I do help you, obviously, with things that aren't spoilers to the campaign. But, like, I can only do so much. And it's yeah. a talent that I learned when I was writing my first book. And it definitely is a talent. Not even really a talent. Like, a it's skill. Yeah, a skill of sitting on it and not talking about it and, you know, keeping it all tucked away inside. Yeah, know? don't tell me secrets. Like, I can't keep them. It's the worst thing in the world. And that I, I would also argue that it is, like, once you've mastered the skill, it definitely makes it definitely makes it more satisfying. Like, it makes you more driven mm. to reveal it, to get to the thing where you have to reveal it. I've had some pretty big reveals for Restoration that uh, some of you might have already come across and some of you are just getting to. But, like, one of my favorites was the introduction of Belantiel. Because I had I had spitballed the idea to you of Belantiel. Not, like, specifically Belantiel, but, like, of a twin soul for Sarathia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, yo, we could say so much with this. What if he has a twin soul? And you're like, holy shit. And I'm like, don't say another fucking word. <laughs> don't, don't tell me another goddamn word about this. <laughs> we are officially breaching... Water territory, you know. So, like, I had to develop Belantiel on my own, but he's meant to be twin soul for this character, so I'm trying desperately to, like, dig nuggets out of you about what would be perfect <laughs> well, for him. Well, not letting on, yeah. Exactly. And, like, I had to do the same exact fucking thing for Chaz with uh, his future ex-husband. Uh, and, yeah, that was, that was a fun reveal as well. Because, <laughs> like, nobody knew. I will say the one, the one, like, if I had to choose... Between being a player and being a DM. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to choose being a DM because I just, I'm the kind of person that likes it more. Which is totally valid, and I love your stories. But it's not for everyone. Like, I, I'll be the first to admit, it takes a certain kind of crazy to <laughs> like being a DM. Yeah, like, I enjoy it, but it is insanely taxing for me. It's hard. Like, yeah. It's a lot of planning, and I am not a writer, <laughs> unlike Tessa. Uh, I am an artist, uh, and I do a lot by the seat of my pants. So, like, right now I'm at a point in, in uh, restoration where my notes are just question marks, so I have to actually, like, fill those in. And since we're on the topic, um, we can also spend this time talking about the broad strokes of how to make a campaign, just the mm -hmm. very broadest strokes. Yeah, because yeah. for me, definitely the thing that I the thing that I latched onto as the quick and easy and dirty way is have a list of have like a, a bunch of things that the players need to get or do. Like just have a list of things that they need to do. Like in Wrath of Asmodeus, Rise of Ingoth, it was the shards of the Anvatar. In Fracture, it was the World Pillars. In Wolf, it was the recruitment for the Blight, like going through all of the people and recruiting them as uh, soldiers in the Blight. 
And once you have that basic framework of players meet, players discover problem, players go through items one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, climax. Once you have that framework, you can leave a lot of it open to interpretation. You can have a lot of uh, access to roleplay, to improvisation, to fucking wild ass curveballs out of nowhere that your players are <laughs> inevitably going to throw at you. Because it's gonna happen. It yeah. is gonna, no matter how well you plan your campaign, your players are going to do something to screw it up. The number Always. of times I have had to entirely rewrite my plans while in the middle of a session uh, drives me fucking insane. Improvisation is a huge skill of being a DM that uh, you'll get you'll get better at it with practice. I know it's like a skill like any other. Yeah, it's like my second time DMing ever. So it's definitely a curve. Like Tessa, you've done this at least like five, six times. At least. Um, at least. And also I had that theater background. So improvisation yeah. comes with that. And it is a skill and you do get better at it. The more you DM, the better you're going to get at improvisation. Uh, and like I said, those left those curveballs that always come out of left field, you'll start <laughs> to enjoy them. Like fucking, fucking. Remember the gray render in uh, <laughs> in Fracture? What's his name? Yes, Stormy. I do. Stormy. Stormy. I had intended for you to kill him. Like I wanted you to kill him to get experience. But that fucking Whoops. wasn't in the cards. <laughs> nope. Uh, Ariazi's animal handling. And then I just had to like think. About, okay, now you have, like, this size large gray render just fo- just fucking following you around. And I had to think about that logistically. Like, what's that look like? <laughs> and, and, you know, it, like, it never goes how, how you think it will. Yeah. It absolutely never goes how you think it will. Yeah, it's, it's very, very, very true. Just learning to roll with the punches. Yes, anding. Yeah. Taking a crazy off the wall suggestion and saying, yes, this was my plan all along, even though it absolutely was not your plan. Yeah. Your plan is like six miles away underneath a rug hiding. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like the other thing that I think is helpful for, you know, budding DMs to know is it's totally a okay to use pre-made campaigns. Oh, hell yeah. Supplement the hell out of it. Yeah, in in Fracture, or not in Fracture, <laughs> in Restoration, which is my campaign, um, the the episodes The Vanished Town and Into the Darkness were based on a um, story out of the uh, Candlekeep Mysteries book. And I just used those to give ideas about a plot. Uh, it gave me goals. It gave me some loot, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very handy at a time when I was extremely busy and didn't have time to plot. And there's totally like, I mean, there's what's the saying? Good artists borrow, great artists steal. Like, there's <laughs> no, absolutely no shame in, yeah. you know, borrowing from other, from published stuff or even like homebrew stuff that someone else has posted. Whatever yeah, I mean, you need just to do. Put your own spin on it. Like, I adapted it for my storyline and, you know, may or may not come back up. Who knows? Who knows? No one knows. Yeah, no, nobody knows. And so, yeah, if you, so my advice is if you want to DM, fucking do it. Like, yeah, just find a group of friends that you click with and just try. And the worst that happens is you say, eh, this isn't jiving and you just do something different. And I can tell you nine times out of 10, if something is going wrong, uh, when you're where you are the DM, nine times out of 10, if you just ask the player, 
the problem will go away. Yeah. If you talk to them out of character and say, hey, what do you think about XYZ? And then they can give you their opinion and you can resolve like almost all of the horror stories that you read on Reddit, like r slash RPG horror stories. Oh, God. Subscribe to that. And some of them are truly off the wall, but most of them, the top comment is talk to the player. Like, just talk to them. Ask them what they want to do, what their expectations are. Yeah. Like, half of my problems as a DM are trying to anticipate. And I'm like, why am I trying to do this? Why don't I just ask them what they want to do next? So that's how we came up with the plot line of rescuing Gwen's mom. You know, you come up with different character beats from what your players want to do. Because interpersonal problems are going to be a problem as a DM and Mm -hmm. as a player. And just as a person, man, like, yeah. it's, all, it's all the same crap. Like, if you get into an argument about what a particular role meant, or whether advantage or disadvantage should or should not apply, fundamentally, it's just going to come down to like, maybe that player was just having kind of a shitty day, you know, yeah. like, it's all just interpersonal skills. And if nine times out of 10, if you set your expectations, if you say, if you mean what you say, your campaign will be fine. So if you want a DM, fucking, fucking do it. <laughs> just just do it. The world needs more DMs. I wholeheartedly like that. I like doing one shots is the thing. I don't really like long campaigns. Um mm. and it's really funny because like setting out to do restoration, I had a very strict idea of, oh, it's gonna be exactly 30 episodes. I'm gonna have this <laughs> 10 episodes be this arc, this ah! 10 episodes be that arc, this Hilarious. 10 episodes be the conclusion. Yeah, we're at uh, episode 28 now and nowhere near the end. Like, we're getting (laughs) close, but... Oh, funny. You're a funny woman. Yeah. Funny fucking person, Lola. Yeah. 